Hello, Cars Unfiltered listeners. This is our podcast episode Ocho Eight. Good job on the Spanish there, Tom. Good job. Thank you. Uh, today we have myself, Tom, and we have Adam. Howdy. And we have Mike. How's it going? And we have not a whole lot to talk about today, except for a couple things. Um, Barry, you, you gotta you, wait. You, yeah, you have to tell our audience why we don't have anything to talk about, Tom, and that's because no. of Thanksgiving. And Otherwise, they just shut it off. They just be like, "Ah, we're done." Yeah, pretty much. But we've all just been fat and happy for the last like four days. Um, yeah, so we're, we're actually slackers. <laughs> yeah. So so we're recording this late for one, uh, oh, and for two. Time. <laughs> go ahead. The one time that we could actually do something like newsy because we're not like recording three or four days ahead of time, like we could do something about right now, and there's well, nothing. Un- yeah, unfortunately, everything in the United States has slowed down because of Thanksgiving, so uh, news is kind of lacking right now. So we're going to talk about garages instead. Uh, Tom, why is this on the list? Uh, well, two reasons. One, I cleaned my garage this week because oh, I nice. had nice. a day off, and um. Also, you, I believe you pretty much cleaned yours this week as well. I, you know, I cleaned my garage like three weeks ago before I put the 35 in there. Um, and it's not clean anymore. It's not bad, though. I'm going to say seeing your previous garages like currently is not bad. It's true. I do have a pretty decent setup in there now. And I did just get my air compressor back from where it's been stored for how who knows how long. Um, so that's a plus. Now I can actually you know, use air tools and paint things. So it'll be good. We're, we're going to see some progress here, maybe, if we're lucky. And not only that, this is probably the second smallest garage you've had, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the smallest garage I've had by far. Wait, what, what's, what would be the second smallest? I was thinking the one in Madison Heights. No, dude, that one was bigger. Oh, okay. That was like a legit two and a half, two and three quarter garage. Okay. Um, the one I'm in now is a two car garage. Right. Uh, I mean, you can you, you can walk around if you have two cars in the garage, right? Like two small cars, right? So we're talking '60s Mustangs. Um, but if you have those in the garage, yeah, you can walk around them and actually get in the vehicle. But that's it. So, right. So yeah, but I I call it I call it a legit two car garage. It's twenty foot by twenty foot. Yeah, so I think it's interesting, though, because your level of organization has gone up dramatically in this small space. Well, it has to, right? You can't be messy when you don't have space to be messy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The only way to actually get anything done in a small space is if everything's organized, because otherwise you're just constantly tripping over things, literally tripping over things constantly. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, currently, and well, you heard me bitch about it, right? When, when you were here this last weekend, it was like, yeah, okay, this has been used and now it needs to be put away because otherwise I will trip on it. Right. So, so here's the thing though. You are using a garage essentially as a shop though, right? Like well, yeah, no, what, what most people would call a shop. Yes. Right. Because there's no vehicles parked in there in order to keep snow off them or anything like that. Right. So, yeah, and, and I vehemently told my girlfriend that we cannot put lawn bags in the garage because I don't have space for it unless it's where I put them, which is in one specific spot, right? 
<laughs> so, so that didn't go over too well, but uh, oh well. Just burn, just burn them, just burn the leaves. I can't. I, I live in the city, Tom. It's not. It's frowned upon. Well, <laughs> yeah. You can't just rake them into the middle of his driveway like we do up here. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> If I were like uh, three miles north, I could just rake them into the street and they come by with a big vacuum and pick them up. But we don't have that kind of technology in Detroit. Right. <laughs> so that's my problem. Makes well, sense. you guys both cut your garages clean this weekend. I don't have a garage, so I'm not sure. <laughs> like all of all of my uh, input here is just going to be wishful thinking. <laughs> hey, we all, we all got to start somewhere, right? Well, the thing is, though, he's he doesn't have a garage, but he. Oh my gosh, I'm getting ring ringing here. Um, yeah, how about you turn that off, Tom? So, funny thing, it comes through the computer, so I'm not exactly sure. Oh, that I makes it tough. Yeah, that makes it harder. Two computers, and so if I'm like on one, it comes through. It's kind of a pickle. I won't lie. It's, it's a little bit. It sounds difficult. Okay, I, I won't okay. give you a hard time about it anymore. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm in process of finding a resolution. But yeah. So, but so Adam though doesn't have to waste time uh, figuring out all the crazy stuff that we have to figure out. What kind of crazy stuff? I mean, it's a garage. You put stuff in it. You move stuff out. Okay, I'm using the, the term crazy, maybe a little bit relative here, but. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. I was, I was trying to solve this messenger problem. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just completely derailed you. <laughs> it really did. I kind of had a point and now, um, yeah. And also too, if there's an echo before I apologize to our listeners because I forgot to put headphones in. Were you, did you guys hear an echo? Uh, no, no, I didn't actually. Oh, good. Well, I'm going to pretend that it's fine. Um, it's better that way. It's it's always better to pretend that things are fine. Yeah. Did I like what the heck is going on? What happened to me over this break? I it's don't know. Like, I I have no idea. Your your organization uh, is so so uh, lax right now that I'm going to move on to our second topic, which is kit cars. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can put myself back together. Uh, hopefully. Oh. Oh. So maybe not. So, so this topic came up because I, I was perusing uh, the internet and came across uh, an article about kit cars, and uh, from a, an undisclosed source. And uh, since there are competition, and it it brought to mind that there has been a lot of kit cars over the years. Um, do you remember the Gazelle, Tom? The one that looks like Cruella Deville's car. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I think that, I've seen those on Craigslist all over the place. Yeah, and I think that went on uh, on like a mid '90s uh, Ford Panther platform, which is notoriously what the Crown Vic was produced on. Um, and then you, got, I thought it'd have to be something smaller than that. No, it, dude, they're oddly large cars, okay. which is why they never look right. Um, gotcha. But yeah, you basically get that uh, 1930s ish kind of Duesenberg styling, right? Uh, with the premise being that it's on a new platform, that being the the Panther platform, which now is ancient. But uh, it, it never really worked out that route well, right? I mean, you see them on Craigslist. And what do you think? What do they go for on Craigslist, Tom? I mean, I haven't looked at one in a while. Oh, I've seen them go anywhere, depending on like how they're finished out, right? And what engines and blah, blah, blah. Anywhere from like two to $10,000. 
Yeah, right. I mean, so it goes for more than a Crown Vic would currently, but it's still not a very desirable kit. Right. But I mean, if you're going to sell, the thing is, though, does it sell for, you know, what a Crown Vic plus the kit costs plus the time? You know what I mean? No, not at all. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know how much the kits are. But like for an example, right, like you can buy so nine Porsche 911s from like the 99, 2002 era. I can't remember all the years that they had the problem, but they, you know, they had like warped heads um, and they would like hydro lock and then they have the IMS bearing issue and stuff. And what people are doing, and we were actually just talking about LS swaps earlier, but, um, you know, people are putting LS swaps in them. Yeah, but that's, you can, but that's not a kit car, right? That's just a swap. Right, exactly. It requires less work, and will, you will make money doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. For, oh, okay. If that's your point, yeah, then that, that's my sure. point. <laughs> but that goes for just about any kit car. I mean, what kit car have you ever seen that makes money? Right. Think about those Fiero Diablo kits. Right. Right. Where you could have a poor man's Lamborghini if you pick up a 1986 uh, Pontiac Fiero and you throw this kit on it. Right. So, well, okay. So I will say this though, because it sounds like we're coming down pretty negative. Okay. (laughs) But like in all seriousness, like they are probably, I was thinking about this, um, like earlier today, actually, like maybe I'm not as much of a car enthusiast or junkie as I thought I was. Right. Because like, I like, I like comfort. Right. Okay. And like you go and you have, you know, you have like actual cool, like old cars and you drive them. And the reason I don't, even though I like them, is because I'm like, eh, I want air conditioning. So. Yeah, but Tom, you can put that in an old car. Yeah, but I mean, it's not. It's, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. There's I, other things too. All I'm going to say is I put heated seats in that Torino before I sold it. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Those things worked like a charm. All right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't upgrade the heating and cooling system, right? So there's still no AC and it's still the old uh, heat system, which on cars of that age are notoriously poor, right? If it's it's the winter and you're driving around in an old Ford, wear thick socks um, and a a jacket or coat or whatever, you're not really going to take it off because it doesn't warm up that much, right? It warms up enough that you can defrost the window, but that's pretty much it. I think you illustrated my point perfectly of why I drive newer modern Fords. But yeah, no, I, I, is- I, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, something as simple as adding in uh, seat warmers made the, the usability and comfort level of that car go up astronomically. Because sure, your toes are still a little chilly or whatever, but the rest of you is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So why again don't you want to do that? So going back to kit cars, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like these guys, so like for instance, right, these guys that do these conversions and there's um, like on Top Gear and some other shows and stuff you see like in um, like Cuba and sometimes like down in Mexico and stuff like where that's not even like they're not even able to import some of these things, right? Because of silly trade laws or whatever. And they'll go and do an almost identical recreation. I think there was a Mercedes race car that was um, an example or something in recent on the grand tour or something. And like these people are like live, eat and breathe, you know, 
the automotive genre, right? So, you know, like doing a kit car thing, maybe it's underrated a little bit because, you know, like somebody just wanted to have, it's kind of like custom stuff too, right? Like I'm not a huge custom, custom kind of guy, right? I like things to be functional, you know, modifications be like really utilitarian, but you know, some people just like, I don't, you know, I don't want a Mustang like everybody else has got, right? Like that's huge. So maybe basically what I'm saying, Mike, this is a huge revelation is maybe the, like maybe you those people that have like, well, no, maybe those people that have like all those little chrome pieces and stuff that they buy and it, like sticky to their cars are more car people than I am. It's possible. I, I Tom. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that with the risk of uh, losing some of our potential audience. Um, but no, (laughs) only because there's, there are, aside from, uh, teenagers, there are no self-respecting car people who will spend money on stick on chrome pieces when (laughs) any self-respecting car person knows that that money, be it $5 or $20 is better spent on the performance enhancing uh, expenses. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, am I, am I, am I, I right? Or am I, I mean, wrong? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm having like a little identity crisis at the moment. So I mean, <laughs> let's hear from, Adam. I think it depends on the, I think it depends on the person, right? So, you Ooh, know, there's, that's rough. There's, <laughs> no, there's different kinds, there's different kinds of car people, right? Um, I, I could show you, you know, you have to come up here for one of the car shows we have, uh, Probably there's at least half a dozen vehicles that have purchased everything at Pet Boys that has 3M tape on it and it's applied. Oh man, I haven't um, heard Pet Boys in ages. Shout out to Pet Boys. <laughs> we get them as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know the those people that you know obviously they like their cars and they put a lot of effort into making sure all their stuff is taped on straight, but um. <laughs> You know, the, maybe the, that's just what they like about it, you know. Um, I don't know. Everybody's everybody's different, you know. It's true. I, don't know. I, I, agree, I agree with that. But um, there's still a certain segment, right, where um, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice in calling yourself a, a car person, right, car guy, car girl, whatever, car person. Um without wanting to know more about what it is you uh, aspire to be a part of, right? So you got to think about it from, uh, or I guess you don't have to think about it from any perspective, but I guess I think about it from the perspective of um, you have transportation people, Right, who really don't care at all. They just want it to start. They don't care how it starts or why it starts. They just want it to start. Right, and they buy right. Corollas, and they don't call themselves car people ever. And if they right. if they do, everyone points and laughs. Well, then they just drive their car until it doesn't run anymore, and then you know the oil is sludge. Right, I've seen those. I've seen that on Reddit. Right. I've seen it. Happen. Yeah, right. So, like that's <laughs> indirectly. So, so that's fine. Right, that's one segment of the population. 
then you have the segment of the population who would consider themselves themselves uh hardcore car people right um and those are guys similar to me right who will tear down an engine in their garage and rebuild it or whatever in sub-zero temperature because that's just part of your dna um and what you have to do to get to work on monday yeah that too sometimes (laughs) yeah that too sometimes um and then you've kind of get you have some middle people right uh and the middle is such a spectrum that i feel like you get it's hard to classify so maybe help me out here if i if i'm misstep but uh you've got the the people who aspire to be um like me i guess right who know enough about their cars that you can hold a conversation with them or whatever and aspire to learn more right i'm always looking to learn more um i don't know everything by any stretch of the imagination um and so i think as long as you're you're on the look for something more learn learning wise you can probably call yourself a car person but then you've got the people that show up to the car shows right with uh, a fiberglass 1932 ford that was built by uh, a hot rod shop somewhere and they tell you all about the the chevy 350 that's in it with the turbo with the th 350 trans right and um the ford nine inch rear end or whatever it is right and Sure, they know that all these parts went into their car, but what they don't understand is, for the and I say this, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this right because there's guys that pay to have a shop do things, and they know absolutely everything about whatever happened with their car, and then there's guys that just pay to shop to do things, and the shop knows everything, and that's it, right? Um, but those are the kind of guys, they're the ones that are going to buy that 32 Ford and then put, put on uh, a stick-on uh, hood scoop, right? Because they like the look of it, but they really don't care to actually figure out if they could put a real hood scoop on their car and increase the performance or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know that I described that properly. So it sounds like we're we're venturing into the territory of the age-old built-not-bought um, discussion. <laughs> I'm try- I, I don't want to use that as the uh, um, as what I'm as my argument, though, right? Because I don't really care if it if it's if you build it or you buy it. Generally, as long as you are um, interested in learning about what it is you drive, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's that. That's that's a key point right there. I think you know, interested in learning more about what it is you drive. I think that could be, you know, what, what makes you a car person? Cause I mean, the, the spectrum's so large, you know, or the guys, you know, the guys like you who are in hardcore and, you know, performance and learning about their, you know, their classic cars and rebuilding all that stuff themselves. I mean, you know, is the guy with a, gold-plated low rider on hydraulics less of a car guy because he doesn't care about the performance part of it you know right, i don't think so right, at no, all not, not at it's all. just a different breed exactly but he doesn't have very much 3m sticky tape most likely i'm just that's that. true right maybe there's just like a whole nother segment right so like 
obviously there's like the rat rod guys, there's the hot rod guys, there's the import guys, there's the supercar guys, right? There's this, you know, the muscle car track today. Guys, yeah, track guys, Porsche guys. <laughs> so there's like a lot of, you know, if we talk about a spectrum, right? Like there's a lot of frequencies, wavelengths of, of light going through there, right? So, and I think what it is, is, you know, I like, I'm trying to think back, like when I, you know, I had a first, the first pickup truck that I had, I went out and got the, uh, like I, I bought some of those things, right. Because I themed my truck somewhat. Right. So I got little things like, um, blue valve stem, uh, caps, right. Because that went with my seat cover had a hole in it. So I had like a blue themed seat cover, you know, just like stuff to like match or whatever. Right. But, and I know there's some people, you know, the, the classic, the quintessential thing of like, oh, you went too far is some of these, uh, um, you know, like cardboard body kits or huge fins, right? Uh, coming off the back of cars that can only do, you know, 85 or something, right? So, but I think there's even like, there's kind of a place for that. And that's kind of the cool thing for car culture in general, right? It's like, there's kind of like, we may not agree you know, but like, there's a place kind of for everybody. Yeah, and, like, and I, don't, I don't like, and I wish if there was like, like if there was uh, in the parking lot over here in town, right? If there was like a bunch of guys who like, like the thing was, you know, three M sticky parts. I mean, that could just be like that could be a really fun, entertaining kind of a thing to do, right? If everybody didn't take themselves super seriously, right? And I, I guess that's kind of, yeah, that's something of an issue too, right? Um. Actually, that's a huge issue. Is that people taking themselves way too seriously? I think I think that's general. probably the biggest issue in general, right? Um, is that yeah, you get a lot of people that just take themselves too seriously, um, and it's not that serious a hobby, right? I mean, the vast majority of us don't make any money on what it is we do, <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so it's not that serious, guys, right? Like. It's okay. Um, well, people do it because they're interested, right? Yeah. So, like, and that's and you, know, you have to take it seriously if you're interested, right? Like, you can't just not be serious about it. Well, I mean, you can put stuff in, but like, you can't go and be like, you know, I mean, you know, it's one thing like to make like little off the cuff comments, but I'm not going to go and like key somebody's, you know, Ford five window coupe because it's got a 350 in it, right? Right. right exactly. And I, you know, just because like I feel like oh I think that that should have it's a Ford chassis it should have a Ford motor in it you know and it, like, and that doesn't mean and I think that way generally right but I also realize that building a Chevy is the far and away the cheapest way to get an engine in a car all right you can pick up a three fifty from just about any era and parts are going to bolt together from just about any other era and you can get it working and put it in your car. Right. Um, so going about it that way is, uh, is fine. Right. Um, because we all have to take into account the checkbook, you know, nobody, most of the vast majority of us don't have a bottomless checkbook. Right. So, or if you're trying to go for numbers, right. Like, if, if you're trying to get, you know, like maybe you're at the car show with this car. Like, and that's the other thing, actually. This is actually another good point. I've noticed this lately. Like some cars, they actually have like a bunch of their like pictures and history build of the car. I really like that. because yeah, I agree. 
I can't, you know, I can't say like if if this guy's got a three fifty in a you know in a Ford Coupe or something, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, that guy is not a purist or whatever, right? <laughs> like, I could go and look at his store and be like, oh, the reason he's got this 350 in here is because he's pushing 1,200 horsepower and the likelihood of blowing it up is quite high, you know, and he's doing drag runs at, you know, nine seconds or, you know, nine second quarter miles or whatever. And, like, it's just easier to rebuild these and turn them around or whatever. And he's got them, you know, whatever right, the right, story is, right? right? Like, that, that kind of stuff makes sense. And it's cool. Like, I think everybody should have kind of like a little, like if you go to a car show, you know, have some Polaroids or whatever of kind of the process and what you're thinking, where you're trying to go, maybe. Like, maybe some inspiration stuff, too, like a little binder. So, so Tom, are you telling me that for the Alcan 5000 truck, I should have our build thread update at the car shows ready to go when uh, people start asking? Well, fortunately for us, we can just do the... Uh, you know, put an at cars unfiltered sticker on there and that'll pretty much get people there. Speaking of the Alcan 5000 truck, uh, yeah, right. Look at that. I'm getting pretty good at these, aren't I? (laughs) 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 Um, speaking of our old freaking pickup truck, Tom was here this weekend to give me a hand to work on it. Uh, what'd you learn, Tom? Well, why why don't you give us our update for the week? What's the update on the Alcan truck? (laughs) So, Arguably, I did some work for once, but not really. So we uh, essentially took the front end off of the truck, um, and that includes... Well, no, not essentially. We took the front end off the truck. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Uh, not the Raider and everything, but all the undercarriage, so all the suspension, everything came all apart. Um, basically, four snips of the welder, and uh, that pretty much like pulled it all out. Yeah. Yeah, we cut the uh, – so the, the, the basically there's some pictures to go along with this. Tom's got some video and some pictures and whatnot, so watch out for that update. Um, but yeah, basically the, uh, the front end of these old trucks is held together by a spring, which is mounted to the frame, and a wishbone, which is mounted to the frame by two bolts and a little ball socket. And so we cut the shackles on either end of the spring – which dropped it from its mounting spot on the frame. And then we just pulled those bolts off of that uh, little ball socket and out the front end came. So pretty much just like I that. thought it was going to be a two man job and it really wasn't so much. Sorry about that, Tom. <laughs> hey, I helped Ouch. you move the cab though. That was a two man job. Yeah, that's true. We did. We moved the cab out of the way. So it's ready to, uh, I can get some work done and it's ready to have the other cab dropped on it once I pick that up from Illinois, which my old man just told me that the door dimensions aren't the same for the, uh, um, yeah, the, in, the inner door panel upholstery. So I'm going to have to figure that out because hopefully that doesn't translate the differences in the cab overall. I don't think it does. But is it a different year or something? No, it's uh, – so the cab that I have at home is actually from a one-and-a-half ton. So it's from a Ford heavy truck. They call it the big truck, right, uh, in old car parlance. So the current cab, the half-ton truck, the half ton truck that I have is generally referred to as, you know, the 35 pickup. And then uh-huh. you've got the big trucks, which are the one-ton and then one-and-a-half-ton trucks. And the cab that I got came out of the one-and-a-half-ton truck, but – up till up till so, now, everything that anybody's told me or anything that I could find is that they're the same cab. So I'm not sure why those would be different. 
So am I am I correct in assuming that the dimensions for the other the new cab are larger? No, no, that's what I'm saying, right? They should be exactly the same because all the research should be. all the research that I've done, all right, points to them being the same. So wait, let me get this straight. You did a bunch of research online, a bunch of forums and stuff, and when your dad walked out there with a tape measure and got the truth, is that what you're telling me? I think so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> so there you go. Like there's a there's a nifty tidbit right there. The the truck that is a full ton larger than the truck we have actually has a different but yeah. it may not, right? I'd still, I'd, I oh, haven't okay. seen this for my own, with my own eyes with the measurements, so I don't know. It is, it is so, entirely possible that my old man measured two different spots because that's been known to happen before. I see, I see. So you're, you're gonna blame it on, blame it on the old sometimes, man. Sometimes, sometimes. I feel like we should over under on this though. This feels like a great opportunity. Yeah, are you taking are you taking the over or the under? Because we got about a minute left here. So which one do you want? We could do that like every podcast (laughs) do an over under. All right, I'm going let's wait, what would over be? I'm going for the uh one ton one and a half ton cab is bigger than the half ton. I'm taking I'm taking the bet that they're the same size. So that's essentially under. All right. Are you in on this, Adam? Give me the tiebreaker. I'm not. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what's what's the uh, what's the prize here, Tom? Um, we we have to get something for your dad. I think either way. I think so. Yeah, I think that's what we need to do. Yeah, kind of what it sounds like. Well, he yeah. could use so, a, he could use a new set of exhaust headers for his 390. There you go for his XR7. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of expensive though, so let's not go with that one. Let's go with like a shout out on the podcast, maybe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so real quick, continuing along that uh, that Alcan five thousand timeline, um, we are actually. I, I think these two guys. You know, I won't be. I won't be going on the Alcan, but I think these two guys definitely need some practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Somebody needs to show these knuckleheads what a time stage distant rally even is. So if any of you guys out there listening know of uh, local TSD rallies anywhere in the, what what should we say, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio, or Indiana Uh, area? Yeah, those three probably, yeah. Yeah, if anybody out there knows of any, um, hit us up on social media um, and uh, let us know because... think these guys could really use some practice there before they tackle the Alcan. Practice as we can get for sure. Yeah. Oh, but nothing too soon. Mm. <laughs> Actually, well, we could do it with something else. We, we've always got some other yeah, vehicle we can, we can enter. That's, it'd be fine. That's true. We need to work on our timing and reading of maps anyway. So yeah, that we out. need to figure out that. So yeah, soon. It can be soon. Yeah. On that note, cool. uh, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, we apologize for the, the, the spastic podcast today. Um, but <laughs> keep up with us next week. It should be back on track with uh, with Manufacturer Monday and so some news of the day. Cool. And I'm actually going to try and drop the next episode for our Alcan update tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, I should say today or Tuesday since we're going to release this Monday morning. Uh, we're recording Sunday this this time so yeah keep an eye out for that as well all right everybody thanks a lot for listening and uh we hope uh 
Hope you tune in next week. And like our stuff and subscribe and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're pretty much on everything nowadays. So just follow us and like us and keep track.